Hey everyone, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, and I just wanted to give a big shout-out and thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners and viewers. We've been doing this for almost three years now, and that's mostly because of your support and your encouragement, which we really do appreciate. If you would like to help the show but don't have the funds available to donate directly, remember that if you plan on doing any online shopping at Amazon.com, if you first click through the Amazon banner on our website at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net, it'll give us a little kickback without adding anything to your bill. It's a great way to support the show and allow us to continue creating a wide variety of free Battletech and MechWarrior content for your pleasure. Are you buying something specific and want to share your story? Send me an email at bombadil at nogutstonegalaxy.net and maybe your email will be read live in the next podcast. Thanks again, everyone, and enjoy the show. The Inner Sphere Chronicles with your host, Walter Tucker. Join me now as I examine the events and decisions, both past and present, that have shaped the course of human history across the Inner Sphere. Though largely secretive in its operation, Comstar is uniquely open about the existence of its Explorer Corps, whose mission it is to expand humanity's knowledge of the universe. Traveling deep into the periphery and beyond, the Explorer Corps pushes the bounds of our colonization of the stars to new regions. Sometimes, the Explorer Corps uncovers the secrets of humanity's past. In 3032, a Corward expedition discovered a planetary system beyond the periphery that yielded strange sensor scans. Further investigation revealed the remains of a centuries-old facility that once housed the Star League's own equivalent of the Explorer Corps. The name of the base, according to the base's computer system still miraculously operational, was Columbus. In an ironic historical twist, Columbus had been discovered on a new world. It was from this very base that the Star League launched expeditions into the unknown regions beyond the deep periphery. The discovery of the Columbus base confirmed to the Explorer Corps and to the rest of the Inner Sphere that we are finally on the brink of recovering from the disastrous fall of the Star League and the endless years of warfare that followed. Perhaps one day soon, we will finally know how far the Star League reached and, like our ancestors before us, leap off the edge and make our own mark in the history of man's journey through the stars. I'm Walt Tucker, and this is an Inner Sphere Chronicle. The Inner Sphere Chronicles is written by David Martin, with additional material by George Ledoux. Produced and performed by George Ledoux and Voices in My Head Productions. Any similarity to persons living or dead is a product of your imagination. Prepare yourself for more face-melting, metal-stopping music. Armor will be pierced. Fluid will be spilled. Machines will fall. Warriors will rise. Animatronic brings you a soundtrack for armored combat. Available now from NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Join the invasion. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network.
Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 117. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is July 30th, 2014, and, uh, and I'm joined by Darren. Hey, everyone. Blah, 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 blah. And today's co-host, Brendan. Oh, hi, everybody. And Tyler. Hello. And today we're joined by Brian Ekman, who is the creative director at Piranha Games. What's going on, Brian? How are you? I'm doing very well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, not a problem, not a problem. Thank you. Uh, so Brian's going to actually just be chiming in throughout this entire uh, podcast. We've got multiple topics to discuss, and yeah, we just want uh, your feedback when you can. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and kick it off. First off, I just want to say uh, welcome to all of our live studio audience members. We've got quite a bit down there. So anyways, welcome, you guys. Enjoy the show. Here we go. I do want to be clear that this isn't necessarily like a Brian Ekman interview. We're not, we don't have a bunch of questions for him. He will just be chiming in. So for all those comments that will be coming after this podcast is posted, like, why didn't you ask him this? Why didn't you ask him that? It's because he was just being kind enough to join us today and uh, pipe in on the topics that we already had established. Let's go dive in here. Um, the first thing we want to talk about is uh, the patch yesterday introduced a few things. And one of the first things I want to talk about is IS Quirk System. All I got to say is we've been talking about this for the longest time. I know I've, I've been, ah, I was just like, I was so excited for this feature to come out and I couldn't really talk about it too much. And I knew it was coming down the pipeline and it can, anyways, I want to hear your thoughts since yesterday. I know it's only been, you know, 24 or 48 hours. But uh, thoughts on the system that was introduced for the, the ISMX? Yeah, um, it's a long overdue piece of uh, gameplay. I think it uh, really helps us rebalance some of those underused mechs like the awesome and give it a little bit of flavor, uh, you know, make it more useful in today's metagame. So I'm really glad, I'm really happy how it turned out. I've been watching quite a few streams and a lot of people have been digging out their old awesomes and, and centurions and playing them. So I think so far, going well we're going to keep a real close eye on the balance and uh slowly ease into the rest of the is mech quirks that uh, will be coming soon all right tyler and what is your experience so far uh it's good stuff been looking for this for a long time to balance out some of those less desirable mechs like the awesome dragon due to geometry issues the awesome got some pretty impressive buffs i'm going to be playing one later tonight and the hunchback as well we've been talking about it for a long time it's nice to see it's Hunch have a purpose, get a little bit more internal structure. Uh, Dragon needs a little bit more, but I'm excited. That's just the beginning, I hope, and hopefully all chassis will get some love. Yeah, and that's actually something I was going to bring up, Brian, is that, um, and I've heard a lot of positive feedback as far as uh, the awesome goes myself, but um, this is really just the start, right? This is a foundation. Now that capability is there. It can be tweaked further. Uh, Mechs that still need more can get more, et cetera, right? This is just the beginning? No, that was it. That's it, see? No, I'm kidding. No, yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're gonna make sure that we go back and revisit all the mechs that don't have them, and continue to tune the ones that do get them, just to make sure they they stay uh, aligned and in balance. 
Now, Brennan, do you have a favorite out of the things? Uh, is there anything in particular, a Mac, or maybe just specific work that you're liking? Definitely, I have out of all of them that I've seen so far, um, the awesome by far. I haven't had a chance to get one and try it out yet, but just for looking at the quirks and stuff like that, I can't wait to see how it's going to operate because that that extra heat reduction is going to come in handy. Hopefully, I think. Oh, it's it's huge. Uh, I dropped in it yesterday, and the ability to actually take three PPCs and fire, and or large lasers or large poles or mediums. Or even oh, it's great. In general, like I remember back when the awesome first came out. What was it? Six medium poles, and that thing would just roll around and wreck everything. So, I mean, you probably couldn't do six medium pulse, but you could probably get away with four or five even and have no problem if you're able to do three PPCs and just reduce heat as much as it uh, as it does. Well, the big thing I take out of this is, okay, so it's the initial pass on them. Um, I do believe, uh, is it uh, David Bradley is actually the, the guy behind this that is uh, doing these quirks. Um, and the one thing I just, if, if he was to listen or if you guys want to pass on is yes, yes, and yes. Um, this could dramatically help a lot of the chassis that, uh, you know, Tyler, you said, uh, some negative, uh, geometry, but I mean, it's still a barn door and it'll remain a barn door unless the actual model, you know, is changed. But I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. So, okay. Use these quirks to sort of help offset some of the ne- negative aspects. Right. And, you know, uh, the hunchback got a buff. I actually think the, the this this quirk system could could be even more um, more extreme. I guess what I'm saying is like the Hunchback 4G, you know, the 10% to, to internals. You know, I would have probably said you know maybe a little bit more. And on top of that, a ballistic, uh, you know, something like a velocity increase on on the right torso as well. But also to note too, um, I don't know who who typed in something but the 4sp gets plus 10 on the right torso uh i I figure like there's little things like that that i noticed uh you know maybe the 4sp uh you know gets plus 10 in each torso i don't know but i guess what i'm trying to say is the extremes i almost sort of like the awesome i almost feel like a lot of the ismx especially the undesirable ones could use some really extreme quirks that sort of okay hey you are taking that it's not as used as much and this is why and we're going to sort of pad and, and buff, you know, these stats or maybe a specific, uh, you know, system with these quirks. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that's kind of exactly why I brought up that this is just the beginning. This is a foundation that opens up all kinds of doors for all kinds of quirks uh, that if we see, you know, mechs that are underbalanced, underused, underloved, whatever, uh, they can get more love. I think that's kind of, I mean, Brian was joking with me, but I do think that's kind of obvious. Um, you know, certain mechs like the awesome absolutely well uh, would you guys be a po- well hold on this stupid ass question how about this uh you know brian uh, you know release obviously there's a set list of quirks you guys are you know have and have implemented but i think it'd be really cool and then the community would probably be on board and possibly even help out with the whole adding quirks to max or at least potential you know getting community uh feedback on it is maybe releasing a list of actual quirks that you guys are going to use all together and you know even you know i I think david uh uh, you know bradley like i said is doing these but at the end of the day you've got thousands of people and the feedback anyways i think it'd be really cool seeing a list of what are the overall quirks you guys and then maybe there is a quirk or a a set of quirks that could be assigned to a specific chassis that would just be like a perfect you know match and you know maybe that would be a community suggestion I, i i think that would be really cool but don't know how plausible that is yeah, I mean, anything's possible, I guess. It's just uh, managing, 
you know, the number of opinions that there would be about each mech and, you know, fanboys pushing a certain agenda versus, you know, oh, yeah, totally. the opposite. But yeah, I agree. I think, <clears throat> you know what, the community is incredibly smart and their feedback uh, actually gets into the game on a consistent, regular basis. Um, you can see that patch to patch as we make subtle changes based on, you know, what people are saying. So you know what? I'll talk to the guys about it and see if there's some kind of interface that we could create between between the community and and uh, the list, as you said, of things that we'd like to do, and see what people say about it. Yeah, I mean, even if it's a you know community suggestion, it takes a little bit of time to get in. I think that that is one thing to note. Um, you know, sometimes things just take time. And uh, hell, last time on the podcast, we were talking about the uh, the switch from uh, the torso and reticle lock and then as soon you know two weeks later and another patch it's already back in and fixed and dressed and now you have both options so things can move quicker sometimes but uh so quirks all together um thoroughly enjoy it i cannot wait to see more i think this uh will definitely help out is and even clan mechs uh, obviously across the board uh just a note to the dragon slayer um had a bunch of negative quirks I don't think that was actually introduced on this patch. I think that's actually been in for a long time um, and that it's just now showing. So a lot of people are like, oh, holy crap, that's huge nerf bat. It actually hasn't changed. I asked, uh, I asked a few people about it as well, and it hasn't. All right, moving on to the next topic. This is actually one of those uh, things. Uh, we've got uh, the PPC Goss combo discussion going on. Two ideas from PGI and Paul um, on what they plan on doing with, uh, you know, or at least on the table. Uh, we've been talking we literally just talked about this last week and the week prior i just want to get your guys thoughts really quick on the two ideas proposed and do you guys like them or don't like them tyler you want to hit hit that up first sure and my responses are no and no i don't like either option on the table unfortunately it's more that uh it would lead to a lot of laser spam gameplay which is far less exciting than uh high movement and uh you know the pinpoint gameplay. It's it's uh, takes a lot more skill than just blazing your lasers on people or vomiting your lasers on people. And laser laser uh, camping will happen as well. The making lasers stronger leads to ER large lasers being stronger. Leads to camping and more static gameplay. So I don't want to see that. What I would like to see is option number one, where you can only fire a Gauss and a PPC or two Gauss or whatever at a time applied as a quirk directly to the direwolf because that's really the only mech right now that's really abusing the system since the jump jet nerfs and mechs having to add more jump jets to their uh to their loadouts in order to be viable for jump sniping there's very few viable jump snipers anymore so that issue's gone away considerably the other problem is that this would end up hurting intersphere mechs quite a bit more than clan mechs because clan mechs are already pumping out a 30 damage alpha with a gauss and a ppc or two ppcs but the Intersphere mechs will only be putting out at 25 then. So I don't want to see Intersphere mechs get hit any more than they already have. But uh, definitely apply option number one to the Direwolf. I'd love to see that as a quirk. Yes, and I totally agree. You know, when looking at both, it's tough because you're like, is it a global issue? And I guess that's my question. Is the PPC Goss or what we're talking about a global issue right now, right? That the focus of attention is the Direwolf, right? Two peeps or sometimes three peeps and two Goss. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, should this be a global thing, which tends to, to be the case in, in that, uh, that one fix, right? And you were just saying you don't want it to affect IS and or even other clan mechs, um, or should it just be a localized, uh, solution where basically you look at 
the, the one mech? Is it the one mech that all it needs is a, a simple negative quirk? Hey, you can't do this. And boom, there you go. And everyone just keeps moving in, uh, moving on like how they normally do. Right. Here's another example. The Right now, the prominent direwolf build is the two Gauss, two ERPPC build. That's a 60 damage alpha, 50 pinpoints, and 10 arcing. What won't be penalized under the system, however, is two ER large laser, six ER medium laser, two Gauss, which will be fired without ghost heat, doing a 94.5 alpha. So that would be unaffected by this. So <laughs> making this across the board, I don't want to see that happen. You know, and we keep seeing examples of this. Obviously, uh, the players will find a way, right? Good old Jurassic Park reference. But I mean, there, if there's a will, there's a way, and someone's going to find it. Min-maxing across the board. How do you get around Ghost Heat system? And obviously, this is a, a thing that's been going on for some time. And um, you know, obviously, right now, the reason we're discussing this again for the second podcast in a row is the simple fact of you know this is a big thing. I mean, at the heart. Are Gauss rifles an issue? I guess maybe that's a question. I'll go down the list. Are Gauss rifles, Gauss rifles by themselves an issue, Brandon? I mean, what do you get? No, no, definitely not. I don't think so. Tyler, I mean, are Gauss rifles uh, an issue? Well, Gauss rifles got the, the charge mechanic, of course, to make the skill floor higher, make the weapon more difficult to use. It hasn't really affected uh, probably the upper half level of play. People have figured it out. People are using it effectively. When paired with a PPC for having a low heat alternative, it works great. Uh, putting two of them together is less useful because that's a lot of tonnage you're devoting to Gauss rifles. At, for the inner sphere, six, uh, 15 tons each, it's too much. So, no, I, I like the Gauss rifle where it is. It may end up needing its third range bracket cut off, but we'll see. And obviously, I don't assume if you answered no to that, then ACs probably wouldn't be an issue as well. But with the combination of PPCs plus Goss or ACs cause issue, and that's at heart, and we've talked about this over and over and over. Now, you mentioned Quirk for the Direwolf, uh, introducing where you can't shoot one or the other or two combined. Couldn't they also just make a Quirk for the Direwolf that says, you know, hey, if you, you know, or something, if you have more than, well, I guess that could be uh, worked around where if you have two PPCs or any PPCs cause more heat, but that sort of hurts a mech from firing one of them. But I mean, ultimately, that would localize the issue. And if another mech comes up that can equip this, maybe it gets a quirk too, you know, um, that it can't, uh, you know, perform the same, uh, you know, firing uh, of two peeps and two goss. So, I mean, at the heart, what we're talking about is we've had a few ideas um come up from the community that says you know is ghost heat uh solved a few things but it also created a few issues and obviously um because of this discussion i've been paying attention a lot of people have been referencing the qq marks article by homeless bill um now what he was suggesting was uh something to sort of would it be correct in saying sort of get rid of ghost heat in general and add a new mechanic but that new mechanic is basically something that's been used in the past which was uh basically sort of energy your fusion engine could only push out so much energy at any given time so uh, you could you know limit groups and all that blah 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 weapons and each weapon has a energy output and stuff like that um tyler you know this has been talked about countless and countless times i know um raffle waffle and them have done it in the past with this system he you know he's talking about would it do you see it causing any issues 
uh, right off the bat if, if they were to look at something like that? Well, we'd of course do testing and find the strongest combinations of weapons that you'd still be able to fire or go for some kind of DPS combination, but uh, it would definitely slow down time to kill because you're not able to put out that weapon fire as much. Uh, I don't know. It would. I I don't particularly like the idea either. I I'm liking the like where the game is right now. It's pretty close. At least the inner sphere is very balanced. The clan versus inner sphere. That's another topic, but. Uh, no, I, I would rather just the game stays the way it is. Yeah, and I kind of agree. And I think the quirk system has introduced a new way to really fine-tune, yes. you know? And so Definitely. instead of just shoving everything off the table and <laughs> beginning again, um, I'd rather see, I think, what is super close now become at least as close to perfected as possible. And I would actually agree on top of that. Um, the, the one thing is... I know this has been referenced in the past and we've even talked about it on the podcast, but any system is not flawless. Uh, I remember one time we had someone uh, touting, you know, uh, you know, hard point sizes and stuff like that. Um, but what they were forgetting to mention is even with hard point sizes back then when, you know, when that discussion was going on, there would still be loopholes. There would still be, you know, um, so when it comes to the balance of the, the Goss and PPC, I think uh, Jaeger, that that is a perfect explanation of how a quirk system could go in. Hey, the direwolf, it can take four Goss rifles or four UAC, you know, twenties at the time. Hey, it's got quirks that it can't do those particular setups. And it's the only one that can do those setups right now, or at least, well, sometimes you have people that uh, do silly stuff on cataphractory deltas, but you know, teach his right. own. Right. Well, I mean, but it's it not viable. It can still do the loadout under uh, Paul's proposed system. It would take a, a one second between firing. So that still beats waiting a full four seconds for those weapons to cool down. So you're still able to put the damage out, just not as one huge alpha strike. Okay, so let's just say they introduced that to the direwolf. It's a quirk. It's a negative quirk that uh, you know splits up that that damage potential, right? And if you're standing still, guess what? You deserve what you get. You know, I always say that. You know, firing, maneuvering. Um, uh, another question for you guys. You know, the, the second uh, proposal was to slow down the PPC. Now, it was a dramatic slowdown. It was like 50% across oh, yeah. the board. Um, even though I'm not for 50% across the board, let's just say they went ahead and did the, the, the fix. The one thing I will want to say is even with the fix, I would love to see a desync between uh, Gauss rifles, ACs, and PPCs. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, even if they can do a negative quirk for the direwolf, I still think a slight desync, which is, you know, let's just throw it out there, just like, uh, you know, 250 uh, meters a second uh, decrease on peeps, it would totally desync as far as pinpoint if your target's moving. And again, if you're not moving, or if you're moving, you know, uh, laterally or anything from your target, it's it's not a hard adjustment to make. It it would still take a little bit of skill you'd have to fire one uh and then possibly fire another or i i mean what are your guys thoughts on that does the ppc i mean do you feel the need for a desync i mean even though it may affect the is as well but 30 40 pinpoint alpha strikes from these mechs i i feel like it's a little bit too high well from the gauss to ppc we already have a 500 meter per second difference 2000 on the gauss rifle and 1500 on the ppc so that's a pretty big difference, but both are moving pretty fast. It's uh, if your enemy is unless they're moving like perpendicular to you at 600 meters, you're probably going to land both projectiles on the enemy, depending on speed. Also, uh, auto cannons. Auto cannons haven't been as big of a deal since the jump jet nerf went in, uh, which required 
the mechs that we're talking about, the jump snipers with AC-5s and PPCs, for instance, uh, having to put more jump jets on, and therefore they can't afford the weight of two autocannon fives anymore. So a lot of these builds have gone to a Gauss rifle, which a single Gauss rifle weighs less than two AC-5s, obviously, so you get some tonnage back for jump jets. So I don't know how AC-5 and PPC together, it's less common. I don't know if it's being abused at all right now. I haven't seen it. It's mostly Gauss PPC, but uh, once again, I'm going to have to say that I, I'm liking still where the system is. Uh, using quirks would be interesting. Uh, we have things like the Mark I target, or the target computers, which have just recently increased projectile speed. Maybe uh, don't apply it to the PPC or don't apply it to the Gauss rifle, one or the other. Something like that would help. I was going to say, when you fire off the uh, Gauss rifle around, it's pretty damn quick as is. You know, Not to mention the, the PPC is a ballistic so it is being affected, I think, by the targeting comp on that. So, yeah. you know, you've got to, again, it just sort of stacks on top of, uh, you know, sort of a, an issue that's been underlined. And PPCs has been one of the underlying issues from the start. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we see with the quirk system, the IS uh, max, and even the climax can can get some buffs and or some nerfs in specific areas because maybe it is a little bit OP or maybe it is a little bit uh, underpowered that uh, it can do that but um so question for you guys uh when talking about this this whole talk about our weapon clans op and stuff like this one of the things i was talking with um one of our streamers before this was clan tech in general um i think before you even talk about clans being op as far as their weapons i think you have to break it down and look at the chassis and you have to look at the things that make up a chassis you know structure and armor and then obviously the engine um if you were to look at a 55-ton IS and a 55-ton clan, and you were to look at just those three things, right off the bat that stands out is the clans are already uh, superior, right? Um, because of the seven crit slots per for Indo and Pharaoh, and then the survivability and weight savings. I mean, half the weight of a standard. And then with the clans, you can lose your left or right torso and still keep chugging. You can't do that with IS. When looking at that, would it be crazy to say and suggest that if you take a, um, a an XL engine somehow and an, and an IS mech, is there something they could do to where you're not instantly knocked out? Or would it be crazy to suggest uh, something to the effect of you take an XL engine, your left or right torso gets blown off, and it's like 50% reduction to heat uh, efficiency and like 50% reduction to your speed or something? Is that something that would benefit the game or would it everyone just take XLs and they would never worry about a standard anymore? Well that's what I would like to see for clans and that's what I kind of was hoping clans would be from the beginning was at least if you lose a side torso you take a, a massive uh, hit to your heat sinks. They could just straight up remove you know a third or two thirds of your internal heat sinks that's pretty detrimental but at least you're still alive you can continue to fight but right now, Clan XL is having no drawback besides you die when you lose both side torsos. It's very, very strong. But I would like to see some kind of penalty, like you said. Applied to Clan, not Intersphere. Gotcha. And I have to agree, the chat, um, you know, after I said that, no one would probably take standards. So, okay, you keep the whole, you know, death to XL, you know, left and right for IS. But to me, I guess the whole point of that me stating those three things is there's no negative to the XL chassis on the, the, the clan side. So even if it was, again, pretty daunting, I'm not saying 10% uh, 
I'm talking about like 50%. Like you lose your left or right torso on a clan, you're still powerful as hell, usually depending on what mech you're in. Uh, unless you're in an adder and you just lost, you know, half your... My point being is, there's no negative for clans and they're, they're seemingly very, very strong right now. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, okay, hey, you take the, the left torso off a Timberwolf, you still have to worry about the damn Timberwolf because it's still bringing a bear, ton of firepower. So I feel like uh, possibly something there that could help balance is the whole, you know, heat. I mean, we, we've talked about it and again, heat and speed, right? If you're hotter and you're slower, you're not as effective. And I feel like maybe that could be something that could be uh, looked at. Uh, and that's even before you look at the weapons. When you look at the weapons, I almost feel like what would do you? Well, let me ask you this question, guys. Are clan weapons right now, uh, they're strong. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Do you think they need to be toned down just slightly or, you know, a good amount? Well, one of the things, like, I think the, the clans versus IS need to be balanced. And ultimately, that's all I care about is the end result, which is some, you know, semblance of even balance. And that could be, you know, the XL engine being messed with. It could be quirks. It could be the weapons. So ultimately... I just want to see the balance happen. I personally, right now, feel that the weapons are in a pretty good place. I feel that they have their pros and their cons. Um, I think ultimately uh, the the clans are OP uh, and out of balance. But it, would I like to see that the, the balance happen from the weapons or from other things? I don't really know. Um, I really do like the weapons as they are. Uh, I like the, how different they are from the inner sphere weapons. So uh, that's obviously an option. But I think there's others as well. I definitely think that the weapons sit in an alright area. I think there's one or two that you could probably tinker with a little bit and to reduce it, to bring it on more on par with the inner sphere and make it balanced. Um, but I definitely, I definitely believe that clan tech, as far as, uh, as you were saying, the XL engine survivability is probably like the biggest one for me as well. And it only makes sense that if you have your left or right torso popped that you would be getting heat increases as well as a speed reduction because that part of the engine isn't functioning as far as a lore standpoint. And I think that would be a really good way to balance clan tech maybe a little bit more so you get some, you actually do have some negative for taking clan tech into a battle and not just a bunch of positives. Well, you know, Darren, I, I'd have to disagree with you a little bit. I mean, you, screw you. You said that they're a little OP, so you, okay, you recognize that, but you're, you don't know how you'd balance. Do you look at the IS and the quirk system? Do you buff IS? To me, when I look at the, the clans, um, survivability is a huge thing. Uh, you know, I think we we just talked about that one. All of their weapons hit harder. Now, yes, I've even said this on the stream. Uh, someone talked about uh, you know uh, lasers and, and beam weapons. You have to expose yourself. But God, man, just pure examples that like Stormcrow I run around in. Yeah, I have to expose myself to enemy fire, but they're taking so much damage. Like you're just like, oh shit. I mean, if you're that, uh, you know, other mech, you know, receiving. I almost feel like, um, first off, LRMs for clans, they're half the weight. Um, do we know what the damage ratio is compared to the IS? Is it is it one to one or is it a little less? I mean. For weight-wise, I feel like they're even more powerful. So I almost feel like maybe a, you know, ten percent reduction, maybe even twenty or so on the damage, makes sense. Because I mean, they're half right. the weight. But you know, let's, let's take your storm crow as an example, and let's say you made the change that we're talking about as far as the XL engine, and you got half one of your torsos blown out, and your heat efficiency was cut in half. 
would that be closer to being balanced or are you still just completely overpowered no I, th I think that would be a good step i guess what i'm saying is when i'm rolling around with uh targeting comps and now modules which i actually used a uh, a uh, uh, weapon module for the first time on my kit fox earlier right i'm taking two er large right i've got a, a target mark i think uh one or two on there so my range goes from you know 810 or 890 to 910 to 933 or 940 i'm able to shoot and do damage pretty much at 900 some odd i mean is has nothing you know, except a ERPPC, the ER large isn't even comparable at, at, at those ranges, and I'm doing max damage at those. I guess that's what I'm saying is, now you've got uh, the mediums, and right now we only have really the Stormcrow and the Nova uh, in that bracket. What happens down the road when we get more clan mechs that, uh, you know, the Nova, in my opinion, is, is subpar compared to the Stormcrow as well. And I guess that's what I'm saying is, even if you introduce the destruction of the left and right torso in a heat increase, Right? That's just one thing. I still think it's still really punishing to IS side. Because ultimately what we're talking about is IS versus clan, really. That's the culmination, right? Uh, you know, Community warfare and, and seeing these battles. If it's not, oh, well, I'm in a clan mech and I defeated you because based on skill. Right now it's, oh, well, I defeated you based on skill and the fact that, you know, I was able to tear you a new asshole at X amount of range before you even got in or, you know, no, you I couldn't even do that. anything. My issue, though, is that I love the the differentiation of the inner sphere and clan weapons. And so I don't want to just jump all over nerfing the hell out of clan weapons and, and trying well, to make I'm, I'm not a suggesting a, No, I'm not saying a carbon copy and I'm not suggesting a nerf. What I'm saying is like an ER medium laser compared to an IS laser... I mean, should it be doing enormous, uh, you know, huge amounts difference damage? I mean, what's it, it, it's the same tonnage, right? And it's getting how much more range and effective range out of, you know, the dual, you know, brackets. I guess that's what I'm saying is right now, if you were to look at clan weapons across the board, should they be drifted a little bit more as far as damage potential a little bit less? You know, yeah, I guess. I, I, think absolutely. It's, I, I think it's a third option for, you know, balance. Absolutely. I, I'm not against tweaking it i just am very much against um just trying to make everything the same as I've time been. time to kill has has gone just down i mean and that's across the board i mean and there's nothing wrong with saying that but i think what that can be done is take that the the data obviously today there is something going on uh, is if you're getting all of these things right you're getting extra range you're you know you're getting uh less weight on weapons isn't that enough of a buff compared to oh well, and then on top of that auto cannons there, there's a negative there clan auto cannons I mean, yeah and, but, I, and i love that i'm so I, glad yeah that that sort of needed that to happen or you know i mean uh, tyler what are your thoughts i mean should should the weapon the clan weapon i mean do you feel that they need to you know a slight you know nerf across the the board yeah clan lasers are way too strong right now we already saw a nerf pretty soon after the clans came out to the small laser because it was being abused pretty bad on a lot of different builds with, with between the range and damage it was doing over Intersphere Max. Uh, but yeah, medium, ER medium, ER large lasers are pretty silly right now. The damage they do over the Intersphere, you can engage, like, let's just put an example out there. The Stormcrow with medium lasers tries to engage the Hunchback 4P with medium lasers. They're about the same role. They're still trying to do the same thing. But the Stormcrow can reach out and murder the 4P. The 4P has no chance. It is in no way superior, or it can't possibly 
win. It can't. It is not better in any way. So uh, the clans pretty much have a build for everything that just one-ups any Intersphere mech right now, and that's a major problem. So, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, Darren, totally agree. I, I don't want it to be a carbon copy. What I am saying is, though, is, uh, you know, obviously with the XL, I mean, no one's really talked about that, too, and is the whole how beneficial it is for survivability and then on top of that survivability there's no trade-offs i mean if you take an xl and that's what i'm saying is if you take an xl for an is this is the trade-off you're getting half the weight but you're getting a lot more than 50 percent of the risk right i mean you're getting yeah. quite a bit and there's nothing for the the clans on that side and it only makes sense you know uh introduce a negative uh, if one of your left or right torso gets negative and knocked out which why not introduce you know, um, you know something to do with heat and speed. I mean, the damn clan mechs are fast enough. I mean, you get half, you get a, you get a part of your engine knocked out. You drop in some heat efficiency, and you're not pushing as much power, so you're not going as fast. You know, it makes sense to me. I mean, well, but then again, again, if you, if you, okay, all I'm saying is that there's at least three methods to balance here. You've got the XL engines and some negative aspects that could be introduced. You've got the quirks, and you've got the weapons that can be balanced. What I'm saying is just don't freaking you know, sledgehammer the clan mechs, and I mean it's really close. I feel balance is close. So maybe you can introduce one aspect of the XL engine, make it, um, you know, reduce the heat efficiency or even the speed, both or whatever. But then really, you just got to fine tune the weapons. I don't want to see like you know fifty percent damage. I just get nervous of over nerfing or over adjusting things. I think we're really close. You got three at least. Uh, different areas that you could use to balance so delicately balance and and get them in line with inner sphere hey i'm inner sphere all the way you know that um so i want to see inner sphere mechs kicking ass too i just really like that the clan mechs are their own thing and and i don't want that to go away but i know you don't either well and i just don't want an unfair advantage not even based off skill you know it's like not even not even skill. If you took two equally skilled pilots and one an IS of the same weight and, you know, systems compared to a clan, who's going to win? Is it based off skill or is it based off what they're in? Um, and I'm not... Agreed. All these topics we're talking about, too, we're not saying this is the end of the world, too. Uh, you know, we're not going out here and, oh, my God, you need to change this right now. It's freaking broke. No, what we're saying is these are topics of interest in the community, especially in the game, because they affect us on our, our you know, our daily play. And, you know, uh, again, that's why we're having the podcast, because we well, talk about the, stuff. It is the end of the world for the FRR, but uh, beyond that, yes. That, there's a small portion left. I mean, you Seven know. Seven systems, man. Seven that, systems you know. all. All right. So, uh, you know, I think we, we've touched on those topics long enough. Uh, and, you know, it'd be great to hear, too, from, you know, de- design. Uh, I know that's Brian. <laughs> Brian's like, yeah, that's design. Can't answer any of those questions. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would, it would be awesome. And I know, uh, you know, Russ uh, and, and Paul, you know, that they've been posting that, that information. And I think that's really cool. And I think the community likes to, to hear that stuff, is saying like, hey, here's the ideas. Um, you know, what do you guys think? And uh, I think that's a great thing. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to the next topic, which is module system, uh, the weapon modules. And um, in, in general, I just used my first weapon module. I think something needs to be said. It's the elephant in the room, and, I, and I've seen this over and over. Um, one, I don't think RDN airstrikes have been crazy since yesterday. Actually, I would say it's pretty much norm. Uh, you know, there's people freaking out like it's airstrike again. I literally saw that term being used on our Facebook page, which I just don't understand. It hasn't. Uh, two, 
Um, the main reason why people aren't using mod uh, weapon modules is because they're not enticing enough. It has nothing to do with uh, that they're in-game and now you can take two consumables and you know weapon modules and mech modules. It's the fact that weapon modules as of right now are very niche. And what I mean by that is if you have a anything that adds heat onto a build that may already be pushing heat, you're not going to do it, even for a little bit of range. And Darren, you brought this up yesterday during the stream. You said if the weapon modules were like added 50 or 100 or 150 meters to something, you'd be like, yeah, it'd be worth the risk of taking the heat. Mm -hmm. But right now, they're just not enticing enough. And, and we've seen level oh, yeah. one and level two. I mean, I've sat there staring at them thinking, is this ultimately going to be better for me? And and the, the heat uh, increase has just made me decide no, because the, the benefit wasn't enough. Um, but I do want to comment on your on your arty and air strike thing. I think what you're seeing is from your perspective. And I do believe that other people are seeing from their perspective um, maybe a different result. Um, you know, And maybe it's just circumstance. They just happen to get at a bunch of matches with people that are doing more arty and air uh, so I, th I do believe that some people are seeing what they believe is more arty in air, and some people are seeing business as usual. Depends on your elo, depends on your circumstances, who you drop with, etc. Um, I don't think it's again the end of the world. However, um, I think the arty air problem kind of initiated, you know, when they improved 400, percent and and since then it's needed to be at least looked at or examined. Um, but, yeah, I, I do believe the people that are saying that they feel like they're seeing more of them. There's been matches where I've felt that. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll be able to uh, comment on that specifically, I think, in another couple of weeks here once we see the land rush kind of end and everybody figure out their new builds. Uh, I can tell you from from a purchasing point of view in terms of, like, we, we track uh, how many are, are bought regularly. We've only seen a slight increase in the number uh in the consumption rate so that tells at least me and my end that we haven't seen a huge bump uh, i mean all the rules are still in place there's still the global cooldown timer so theoretically you might carry more but uh you still there's still a maximum number that can be sent out during the course of a match so i definitely want to see how it pans out in the next couple of weeks and then we can give you guys some of that data yeah and i'd like to add too that with the you know with a new module system it's similar to the quirk system in that this is just a foundation this is the first step of the change to the module system and in that light i love it i love the fact that you know people are going to be able to use more modules than they previously did do some modules need to be balanced uh better like the weapons modules maybe and maybe that'll have more people using them or whatever um but ultimately i like the idea of not taking the same two or three modules in every mech in every match over and over again i like opening the doors to trying some different things and so again i think this lays a foundation for some pretty uh you know positive moves as far as modules go well my thing with the weapon modules is that one i don't want them to be just adding dps and damage right i don't want them to increase a fire rate or or increase a recharge rate or anything like that. And I know some people were suggesting that. I was talking about this in the stream today. And the reason being is then that just gets abused. Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, if it's increased range, okay. But what's the drawback heat? Now, some people say, oh, well, that's just too much heat. But if you don't have the negatives, you know, with a positive, then it just gets abused across the board. Um, so 
I, you know, as far as more uh, weapon modules, I don't know if there's going to be more introduced uh, or, or what they are going to be. Or I think uh, we're going to, uh, something was mentioned about uh, tier three uh, is coming soon, apparently, or something. Uh, well, I think we got a. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, there's actually, there's tier three, four, and five that are already mapped out and planned. And that's where you're going to see, going back to Darren's comments, you're going to see that growth. Um, it's designed for players to, to buy them and, and level them up, essentially. So there is an end game element to, to the weapon system, module system. It's just not out yet. Are we possibly looking at seeing other varieties of weapon, system, or of weapon modules, even like an opposite of the ones we have right now? Decreased range, uh, decreased heat? To help out, like point blank brawlers that want to get in under 100 meters, for instance, do more yeah. DPS. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have a full range. Uh, Excellent. Uh, basically, yeah, if you look at it from, you know, DPS range and heat, we can uh, affect change, like uh, way change between those three points. So we can give you more range, less DPS, or more, uh, more DPS, more heat. So we balance between those three metrics. So I guess that's what I'm saying is uh, I just want a, if you're going to be getting something, uh, there should be something slightly taken away, right? I mean, if, if you're getting the range, you're getting slightly decreased heat efficiency. Like, I get that. And on top of that, it's very situational. Um, you know, on mechs that, like the awesome, you may be able to actually put uh, the the medium uh, laser or the large laser um, you know, to, to offset. Now you're getting even more range out of I That's what I'm saying is it may not be a go-to for everyone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's bad. Um, you know, and of course there's other things that they could do um, to introduce new modules. And, uh, you know, as far as uh, weapons, uh, weapon modules, one of the things that's funny is too, is I've seen a lot of people say, you know, the whole consumables. Well, guys, remember before this, you were having to choose you know, one mech module, as they were called, right? And then people would take two consumables. Now, at least you're able to take those mech modules. Uh, now, that all being said, um, not all mechs are created equal. Some mechs have been hit hard. I know the DDC is different. I think the Raven 3. There's a lot of mechs that uh, don't have as many mech modules and or, um, you know, consumables. I'd like to see that even looked at a little bit more and give some mechs more mech modules for role warfare you know we're always talking about role warfare um why not give some of these mechs the light mechs some of these medium mechs that are supposed to be getting information gathering and stuff why not let them have more modules and sort of can help offset just like the quirk system i mean it works in tandem you you give it a quirk you you give it a few unique uh more uh, mech modules and stuff like that and boom you know that mech is a little bit more viable compared to something that could do more damage potentially and my guess is that that's something that we totally might be seeing uh, in the future, Brian. Yeah, we already did a pass on that. You'll see that in what's already out. A lot of the um, light mechs got a little bit of extra um, content. Uh, going forward, the types of modules um, that we'll be looking at introducing will also contribute to role warfare. This was this is kind of like UI 2.0 and like the matchmaker and a variety of other things this was a, a blocker we had to unlock and put the system in to allow other features to be added to the game and other bits of content to help push towards that that focus on you know lights and mediums having much more uh, relevance all right, so let's go move on to the next thing this has to this affects modules in general and Brian I'm looking at you all right. So as of to as of yesterday, when the patch went live, before you were able to hit select mech 
and modify the modules, and you're able to mod, uh, do modules and consumables. As of the patch went live yesterday, you were only allowed to do consumables. Um, I think, you know, uh, I speak for pretty much every single person on this channel that was actually a step backwards. Um, it, it's, it's sort of one of those things where, uh, and I've heard all the comp teams, by the way, basically what's happening is they get into a lobby and uh, they drop a match. Well, then they have another match to do and they have to switch modules because it's a different map. They're having to drop out of lobby, all get reinvited. And it's, it's just one of those things where it was it's it's a convenience thing and it's hugely convenient to be able to just quickly edit uh you know a, a mech module and get back into it not just I mean, because right now it's just consumable so like <laughs> yeah i mean we're assuming that that's a, an issue of screen space real estate whatever um however and i don't know if you've been made aware of this yet brian and, and what your take is on it but i definitely agree um, giving it to the players and then um, it being taken away essentially or whatever. It's been a little rough and it, it is hard when you're in the lobby and um, whatever, but I'd love to definitely hear what you think about that or what, what happened behind the scenes. Yeah, I think what happened is we essentially fixed the system to be the way we want it to be with the separate modules and consumables. So we added, the, we developed the feature to its final state and an unintended consequence was that the that screen was designed to refill consumables only and not swap out your your uh, modules and so i think what happens we created a benefit that wasn't supposed to be there and you know egg on our face it's our bad for not seeing that and I sincerely apologize for taking that away but we just we we created an easy way to do it and then we took it away when we basically fixed the system to what it was going to be like and now we've kind of you know made it more frustrating for the player base and uh I, we try to avoid that at all costs and i already talked to um alex and paul about it and we're looking at what we can do quickly to solve the problem and address the long-term design goal long-term design goals of the game so i'll uh, i'll make sure russ myself or paul updates the community as soon as we have that that uh fix in place to get you guys back to being able to swap quickly yeah we vote re-break the system well, you know, it's like uh, all these little things. They're just little things that actually add up to a lot of save time. I mean, I remember prior <laughs> private uh, matches. I mean, you know, I remember here in Tyler. I always spent five hours trying to sync drop, you know, last night. And we got, you know, like five minutes of gameplay. I mean, all that stuff, it's all about convenience. And the less time I have to spend getting to something instead of having to, you know, exit, click on the, it just, to me, it makes sense. So, but that's great huge that. good news that you're aware and you're looking at it and trying to uh, remedy it. That's awesome. So one of the next things we're going to talk about is the limited RD and airstrikes. This was actually just posted up. Um, so basically it's saying that uh, clans will only have airstrikes available. IS will have airstrikes in RD, and but you can only use one in a match. Now, a little bit of nerd info. So come sit down just for a second. Technically, the explanation was given that clans don't use Artie. That's actually incorrect. I'm just going to point this out there. That actually some clans use standard military doctrine of Artie assets, tanks, more so than their actual mechs. Some even, you know, so just a little bit of nerd there. There's actually not a true statement. Uh, but uh, so... Across the board, I think this is going to be actually a really good move. We were talking about what happens if they were limiting the amount. Um, and this is what I was saying. Uh, 
you know, Tyler, we were talking about this, what, three podcasts ago to, oh, well, they're going to get nerfed. And I was like, well, what happens if they limit them now? You know, will they get buffed again, you know, because they're so strong? But or what do you I mean, are you guys happy with this move or are you like, "Eh, it should stay the way it is? Well, as far as the nerd info, uh, that's interesting, but I don't give a damn. All I want is the game to be as fun as possible. And it makes a little bit of sense to me in that the inner sphere is entrenched in these planets, and so they have artillery set up. And, of course, you could bring down a dropship as clans and set up artillery. But, it, you know... Do you, do you know what a... Put that info aside. Do you know what a 155 howitzer is? It's a mobile artillery. Come on, know, dude. Of course. Come on, yeah. dude. But look at how many other things... And it's things. Battletech lore. You take that back right now. Look how many other things in the game aren't being you know, matched up with the tabletop or the uh, the novels because it can't be. It's a video game. It's not the same thing. So I'm fine with it. Ultimately, whatever. Whatever you want to put as the reasons, I think it's a great move. Um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that who, that's not going to like a decreased use of RD and airstrikes. So I'm happy. Yeah, I'm totally fine with having one strike per person. <laughs> and uh, clans only getting airstrikes, that doesn't sound too far off of... Uh, airstrikes are more difficult to use, more skill-intensive to predict, because it's a, you're firing a rectangle at somebody instead of just spamming an area with shells. So if we're going for more skill for clan mechs, that's right up that alley. Yes, well, I know. I know mobile artillery. You weren't understanding my point. I'm just saying that I can... For the purpose of having a more a, a fun game, uh, whatever a better match, I can put all the little nerd details aside. No, no, I was just being a nerd. No, I was talking to the chat. But yeah. Oh, I know, I know, I know. No, um, I think what's going to happen is one, I think it's a good thing for the game. Two, um, I think it'll actually be me. Meaning you'll see other people using stuff like, I don't know, UAVs, which I still think are probably one of the most important things that no one brings. Um, you know, or they'll take cool shot, or they'll take some type of other consumable. I know there's a, a, a few others. Um, speaking of which, it would be nice seeing a few more uh, consumables out there. But uh, I mean, I don't have any off the top of my head. But I mean, those are things that I would like to see more consumables that have to do with like the BattleTech universe. Uh, you know, whatever that may be. Um, you know, I something... wish we had somebody you know in the know that could tell us if we possibly had more consumables. On the horizon. Uh, me? You okay, me? Uh, <laughs> they don't tell me anything anymore. They, they took that privilege away. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we we do have plans for more consumables. I don't have information that I can release right now. As with all consumables, they are game changers. And uh, because of their cost, their C-bill cost, and also the their MC cost, we have to make sure they're worth it, um, but that they don't uh, destabilize the game. So... You know, when we're ready and we feel like, um, you know, we've settled out the clans and the balance and the module systems working the way we want, I think we'll start looking at adding some more of those. Just saying a good suggestion that I still think would be awesome. I don't know the performance hit or how you guys would figure it out, but smoke grenade launchers, just like on modern day tanks. It's a smoke screen can be used as offensive or defensive would be great. Oh, yeah. And, I yeah. totally love the battlefield way, you know, the what is it firing out the canisters or whatever oh i'd love yeah. to see that yeah it, yeah it, we, we had that idea flares um there's a couple other ones we were talking about um allowing the elementals in as as a way to do that it's a good oh, actually it was a fan 
fan idea and I loved it. I was like, yeah, that might be some way to bring in some temporary DPS. We could do tanks, you know, we could do, you know, on, on station um, aerospace fighters. There's there's a lot of stuff we could do to to make it bring in basically the total warfare side of the BT universe. Oh my god. Would that you like would you so like a wipe? Good. Speaking would of you nerd. Do you want a paper towel over there? You good? Yes. I'm just thinking, you know, from the Battletech standpoint, consumables and, you know, uh, I never like Cool Shot. Still going to say that. I still don't agree <clears throat> with that. Um, and, you know, the Ardian airstrikes make sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it'd be really cool seeing some of those things. And especially, you know, uh, Battlefield being able to pop smoke, GTFO, get out of Dodge and stuff that. Um, even some of the uh, other things. Uh, one, one other thing I think what was mentioned was maybe get like the Predator vision back as a module, but you limit it to, you know, the visibility um, of the, like the, the thermal and stuff to where, again, you can't see across the map and stuff. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people. But anyways, just saying that was just. Yeah, how, how about that uh, magnet vision that we saw in closed beta? We saw screenshots of it, right? See through walls with it. Whatever else. Well, through walls. What? It was a metal yeah. detector. Essentially. Metal? Yeah. yeah. No, magnet scan. There were screenshots in yeah, in closed beta. You could see yeah. through walls. Mag scan yeah. wasn't it, technically you're not supposed to see through walls. It's just basically you get it shows metal like in an urban or like a you would see the mechs. They would basically shine. you can take your mech to the beach, stroll up and down and find coins under the sand and stuff. Yeah, we ended up with the uh, motion sensor, the seismic sensor. That's how we kind of brought that into the game instead uh we do still have that vision mode alex what you saw was a concept from alex um that he did really early on um and we just uh we didn't put it in oh you want to hear another one brian that would be really cool call it the thumper just think of like dune you have it on your mech just like a uh you know a um a smoke screen and it's like eight of them and you hit it and it puts these thumpers false all over positives. your mech false positives oh my god it would be great <laughs> Um, oh, mines. There's like dropping mines. There's a lot mm-hmm. of. There's a ton of stuff like that. We you could do for sure. Um, overall, I actually wanted to ask you guys uh, one last question before I get on out of here. Uh, you know, since the the solo and the group queues, uh, we had a group queue. Uh, you know, uh, fix uh, that last patch adjusted some of this stuff. Wanted to get your guys' feedback on the solo queue and the group queues. You know, now that's been about two weeks. Um, Brandon, you know, your thoughts, I mean, which one are you enjoying more? Which one do you find yourself playing more? I find myself playing a lot more of the solo queue, mainly because yeah, I know, for example, that it doesn't have grouped units in it. So if I want to just play MechWarrior for two hours at a time or something like that, I'll probably end up solo dropping. Um, that being said, I also joined the group queue, uh, but I, I, I tend to have a little bit more fun in the solo queue and I tend to do really well in it as well. Um, I'm enjoying the solo. The solo queue hasn't changed much for me. It's it's nice when uh, nobody's on. I just feel like um, you know, oftentimes at night before I go to bed, I'll jump in, and do half a dozen matches or whatever. I'm getting for the most part good matches. Uh, group queue. I don't know if it's improved, but basically my experience with group, group queue right now is somewhere probably around fifty percent win loss or whatever. I'll have nights where I'll be grouping with side stray for you guys during um you know the streams or whatever. And we'll win the vast majority of our matches. Um then I'll have those nights where it's the opposite and then I'll have the nights where it's around fifty fifty. So I think it's circumstantial. I think it's the time when you're playing during the day. Um but overall I feel like the group queue is pretty close. Um I'm sure there's more tuning that can be done. But I've been happy with both the uh, solo and group for the most part. 
Uh, with the the group queue, it hasn't really changed in my experience. It's basically a stomp all night, every night. That's what it's it was, and that's what it is now. Uh, for, but solo queue, I'm absolutely loving solo dropping, despite the frustrations every once in a while. Uh, it's a lot of fun to really have to fight outnumbered a lot. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I'd have to say I do enjoy the solo queue. It's quite a bit of a challenge. And, you know, one of the things I talked about on the stream was, you know, when you drop solo, it, it does change the game. Um, you can really influence a match uh, sometimes. Uh, you know, I've had a few matches where bad decisions were made on my part and or sometimes teammates. And ultimately, you know, things can go south really quick. But also I've had some of the best matches and best, you know, games just because of that, uh, you know, uh, attrition if you will um i had a really good match uh, last week of you know my teammates uh we were on river city and you know the battles the battle was going on i quickly realized you know my team was gonna be out i started pulling range and i was able to you know bring it back to the end and my teammates had done enough damage throughout the battle to where i was able to clean up at the very end so it's Whatever, one of those things Carrie fisher drew Carey, yeah, yeah. john Carey. yeah yeah or drew Carey. whatever man <laughs> um, also, you know, the group queue, uh, I do enjoy, um, you know, Tyler, the one thing, you know, you mentioned is you guys, you know, when you drop, I was telling you this last week, I was like, you almost have to challenge yourself and just take a group of three or four and that's it. Like, that's almost what, you know, well, even then I'm talking about that as well. It's way I'll... easier to play group queue because you can rely on that. Like you said, three or four other people or two or three other people to get your back. And so you have at least them against the enemy team if things go wrong with the rest of your team. In solo drops, it's oftentimes just you, and you're just trying to hold things together as best you can. So that's why I'm loving solo drops. When I've been uh, streaming with Sidestrafe lately, every once in a while, Jaeger's crew drops in. And you know, and that's when I just realize, okay, this is the, the match we lose horribly. And I usually say something like, okay, guys, where do you want to die this round? And everybody gets mad at me. But I've accepted the fact that sometimes group Q is going to, you know, Sometimes you're going to run into another group that's better <laughs> or groups that Absolutely. are better. That's that's the even in solo, you're going to run into a team. Just it all clicked and everything went right for him. And sometimes yeah. you just got to die. You know, sometimes that happens. Mech is so sensitive. This game is so incredibly sensitive to that first kill or to that yeah. wrong move. Attrition. Or, it is. Yeah. I mean, there is no resupply. There's no coming back from losing something it just if you lose that first mech or you you know like you just go around the wrong corner and you take you know 100 points of damage in the wrong spot that's never coming back and it takes now it takes not only your current skill but superior tactics on top of your skill to make a comeback and affect change it's or requires the other team to make mistake and it's funny because you know people look at Oh, it was a stop as a 12-1 or 12-2. I challenge you to look at how long the match lasted before the first person died or before two people died or three people died. Often, it's like dominoes, right? It's like two to three minutes of maneuvers and engagements. People start pecking away at each other. They do a little bit of surface damage. And then all of a sudden, one falls, and then it's like, all the, the entire team folds, right? But... It's like five minutes of intense tactical gameplay up until that point. I'm a big proponent of you've got to have those bad matches um, in order to appreciate the good ones. So, yeah, again. Well, I mean, on top of that, too, I mean, there's been matches where you win and you're like, oh, you know, 
that could have went either you know way. Like, okay, yeah, it's a twelve-two, but our team was beat up. Like, I mean, it could have, you know, all they've taken is like one shot, or or the fact of you know um, matches in general. Uh, Brian, question for you: uh, Is it a possibility that we'll ever see Clan versus Inner Sphere ten versus twelve show up back in the game? Uh, I know it was initially an idea that you guys had, but in order to balance or limit Clan power. Is that something we could be looking at again sometime? It's still on the table, um, but right now what we're trying to do, and this is based on the numbers of players and things like that, and you've seen periodic times where we flick the switch and we've run IS versus clans. What we're doing is we're collecting live telemetry to figure out the usage. Depending on how that goes and how all the, um, the data comes back, that will determine our approach to the IS versus clan um, invasion. So we want to make sure whether it's 10 v 12 or it has to be 12 v 12, that the matchmaker is going to deliver uh, good good quality matches. Um, and so it, it's still there on the table, but it's not official that we would go that way yet. I wonder if the whole numbers, if that would work out. Anyways, that would be interesting to test. Um, maybe even a private match. How well that goes? Ten v twelve. Actually, I think I might try to get something like that together, just for science. Yeah, yeah. And go, you know, and see play. if two more max is enough to overcome clan tech. Yeah. And play to win. You know, like is it, uh, is it, is it plausible? Nerd science. I did want to point out. Uh, this was my original thought, but I did want to point out to uh, people that are listening, uh, you know, to the podcast. Uh, maybe you're really involved in the community as is, but I would definitely recommend checking out a lot of the streamers, um, watching uh, a lot of the solo play. Whether it's whether it's Jaeger, whether it's Otwala, whether it's Impaler, or you know any of the guys or girls, uh, you know, out there, uh, just watch how they play. Pick up you know a lot of the vice soak it up like a sponge you'd actually be surprised i mean even as a veteran player you actually may learn a thing or two and you know pick up on a few things and i will say there's there's quite a bit of information and a ton of streamers think pretty much 24 7 you can hop on twitch and there's someone streaming um and i, I just want to you know point out that when when dropping you know when you're dropping in the solo queue uh go in there with a different mentality than uh you know the the group queue and and you know, try not to get as frustrated with uh, people, uh, you know, not listening to orders. Maybe even reach out and try to get a hold of that person. Maybe if you are streaming, uh, uh, Tyler and Darren, let people know you're and streaming Phil. so they can know. I do this every single match. I tell people oh, because, you're saying in, no, no, yes, no, no, no. yeah, tell them no. you're streaming. No. So you may have a person come in that's never watch twitch before and now they're going to get involved with twitch they're going to learn things they may even i don't know heck they may even get on team speak and improve their experience across board so i guess what i'm trying to say is you know if you see someone um instead of jumping down their throat for you know backseat uh, driving you know uh, just remember well, it's, it's you know don't put that on me i don't jump down people's throat but to quote well you you play your way i'll play mine but i also don't i don't want to forget uh side strafe as well he's a streamer uh, and a uh, YouTube uh, content creator that you should definitely check out. He's making a lot of new uh, videos for beginners, um, like Intersphere mech customization, uh, cadet bonuses and trial mechs and so forth. So be sure to check him out as well. He's so angry. All right, guys, that's going to be it today. I just want to say thank you to Brian for uh, showing up and chiming in when you could. 
But uh, quick mentions again, uh, just for everyone. Don't forget the Centurion uh, All Systems Nominal shirt is in stock. We have quite a bit of selection still. I think the larges are gone. Sorry, those go quick. Uh, and we do have a few select uh, uh, Battlemaster Grid shirts. Um, only like six total of, you know, like three different sizes. So if you want one, make sure to get one. Um, check that out. But also uh, check out the new album, Armored Combat, and this is by Animatronic as well. Um, I have started talking to him about possibly a few other, you know, a few new albums. But uh, if you really like it, you can check over, head over to the store and give it a listen. If you like it, you know, maybe uh, purchase it. But uh, yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to our community, our new and old listeners, and even you especially guys. Especially the old listeners. Especially the old ones. All, all because people. your time is short and we love we old love. people we, we love old people i mean we put up with darren and of course our sponsors and of course if we want to become a sponsor head over to our, our website and to our forums and there's a donation tab you guys can get your own avatar signatures all that fun stuff and uh yeah so have a great uh, day this was your local no guts no galaxy mechware podcast signing off for tonight this is phil this is darren this is brandon also known as Patrick Hill. this is tyler and this is brian until next time, Mech Warriors. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts No Galaxy Podcast, and on Twitter at No Guts No Galaxy. It'd be best if you avoid me, but I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me, you can feel it on my skin, but there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever